0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church, Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian
1: walk. For more information, visit
2: www.baylifechurch.org.au. ...is our vision for this year, our vision statement. And... Uh, and I just want to run through that, uh, uh, that scripture again this morning, just to remind you, because I know probably, you know, I'm the one that's harping on a little bit, I guess, and just want to make sure that it's well in our hearts and, and outworked in our lives. So, so I really would like to, to look at, again at that, that, uh, that scripture out of Ephesians 3. You know, and I want to start with this thought, this thought. We serve a magnificent, caring, abundant God. And it's only when we get a fresh revelation of who He is in our lives, a new understanding, a, a, a new, I don't know, insight into who God is that is really when we're changed on the inside. And, and the truth is we continue to be changed day by day by day into the, the image of Christ. And, uh, you know, the Scripture says from glory to everlasting glory. Change happens when... We surrender. Change happens when we surrender. When everything in us wants to fight God or fight someone or something, change happens in our hearts when we surrender to God in that process. Change happens when we trust. When everything in us wants to do it our way, or everything in us wants to run, change happens when we trust in God. Change happens when we get a, a fresh revelation of his love and his joy and his peace and his hope on the inside. That's when we're changed, when we're exposed to the love of God. Now, the circumstances don't necessarily change around us, but the change happens in our hearts and our response to those circumstances is very different because we are changed. You see, we When we are full of God's love and his peace and his joy, it's a peace that transcends all understanding. It's a perfect love that drives out all fear. We live in a place of trust and love, and and it doesn't make sense in our natural mind, but it's okay, we're changed on the inside, so the outside stuff doesn't affect us the way it used to. And, And I've actually found something personally, that when we get that, Internal change is like this catalyst to the external change. As we get changed on the inside, so so often we pray for change in our circumstances. Pray for this, pray for that, pray for money, pray for healing. And they're all, like God tells us to do that, so we're supposed to do that. But so often the prayer isn't about our external circumstances, it's about our internal heart. And when our internal heart changes, I'm telling you, it's often very much the catalyst to the external change in our lives. And so often we think it's about the external, then the internal. No, it's the other way around. It happens in our hearts first. And I've got this great quote, and I should have put it up on the PowerPoint. Have you got a PowerPoint? Yep. Um, but it's, it's a guy called Ezra Taft Benson. I'll, I'll read it quite slowly so you, you catch it, because... It says this: that the Lord works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. The world takes people out of the slums. Christ takes the slums out of people, and they take themselves out of the slums. The world would mold men by changing their environment. Christ changes men who then change their environment. The world would shape human behavior, but Christ can change human nature. Yes, Christ changes men, and change men and women can change the world. I love that. I love that. God, the deposit in you, can change this world. And I know we, often we don't feel that way. We, 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 we don't live that way often. And I want to read this, this Ephesians 3 passage with that in mind here this morning. Can we just put the, the first screen up for it? Thanks. Because I'm not going to read it actually. You can read it yourself. I just want to bring out some points about it here this morning. And I will read the, the verse 20. So in verses 14 to 21, Paul's praying a prayer for the, the church of Ephesus. There's also a prayer for us. He's praying for you, I, I believe, at this time too, and for me. And he talks about kneeling before the Father. And, and, and kneeling before the Father is a position of surrender and humility. He's praying from that position. He's praying from his knees. And he's getting before God, surrendered before God. And it says this, for this reason I kneel. What reason is that? Because of who God the Father is, he's King of kings, Lord of lords. He, he is, because of who he is, is the reason I kneel before him. You know, it goes on then. In verse 16, I pray out of his glorious riches. Do you know, God wants to give you access to his glorious riches. His glorious riches. Do, what are they? What, how do we get them? What, what, why? Why? Uh, so that He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in, in, in our inner being. It's amazing. Surrender and prayer strengthen us on the inside with God's power. That's what changes us. Yes, prayer can change the circumstance, but God is so much more interested in you and what's going on inside you and in your heart. in in, in your faith journey, in your integrity, in, in your character, than the stuff and the circumstances around you. Why is that? How does that work? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, we need faith in God, not in the outcome, not in the stuff that you want to happen. You see, if we got everything we ever wanted, we don't need faith. There's a faith in our Father, in our God, in the circumstances, in the situations. Our faith is in Him, and it's based on a faith that says He'll work all things out for the good of those who love Him and called according to His purpose. How else does He strengthen us? Paul continues. In he prays. He strengthens us by being filled to the measure of all the fullness. He strengthens us by being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow, that's all the fullness of God. How do we get there? It's only through surrender and prayer and recognize that we are established and founded in God's kingdom, in God's love. And when we recognize our need for him in our lives, we have this power in Christ personally and in the church that comes as a consequence of that. You see, it's not about the power the way the world knows power. It's not about authority. It's about a power within us that can change our world. Change lives, change lives. You're changed on the inside to make a difference in your marriage, in your family, in your school, in your sporting teams, in the community, in this world. You're changed through interaction with our God and have that faith to carry into your circumstances. You see, when we start to grasp how high, wide and long and high and deep the love of God is, it's an unconditional love. It's a, you can't earn it. You, you can't get any more of it. Our role is just to accept His unconditional love, to get loved on, I guess, to understand that He loves us so much no matter how much we've stuffed up in the past, how much we're doing wrong right now, does he like what you're doing? Probably not. He still loves you with all his heart. You're accepted. You are forgiven. If you, if you ask for that forgiveness, you're forgiven. It's an amazing relationship. It's, it's stunning, really. We are filled completely with this powerful love through Christ. And then verse 20. This is the one I want to read. This is our vision for this year. And I want you to, I just don't want you to listen or read it with your eyes, your physical eyes or your physical ears. I want you to open your spiritual ears here this morning and let God speak to you out of this scripture. I'm going to read it, but there's something that God wants to whisper to you, to to reinforce to you here this morning. I'm going to use the the New King James Version because that's the, the verse we're using. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now to him who, God, God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, anything we ask, anything we can think of, he can do above that, beyond that, according to the power that works in us. Whatever you can imagine, whatever you can think, whatever, you, whatever dream you have, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, immeasurably more, the NIV version says. And that, and that means, well, I looked up the definition of that, infinitely, vastly, incalculably, massively more than anything we can imagine. It's not just a little bit more. It's like poof, heaps more, much more. How amazing is that? How does he do it? <laughs> According to his power that is at work in us. I don't know if you get spun out by that, but I do. He's going to do massively more than we even understand, according to the, His power, that's in work at work in, within us. His power in us, His Holy Spirit, His anointing, His authority, His blessing, His favour, works in and through us. And, and why is that? So He gets the glory. It goes on to say, "To Him be glory." He does it in us and through us to bring glory to. God, to honor and glorify his name both in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I don't know if that affects you the way that it affects me, but I know our God, to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or imagine, wants to use you to do something significant in and through your life according to his power working within. You, if you can get a revelation of that here this morning, I'm telling you, it can make a difference the way you live your life. You know, and, and it may not necessarily change the circumstances, it can change what's going on inside you. Peace of God that transcends all understanding, the perfect love of God that drives out all fear. When we get an understanding of His perfect love for us, I'm telling you, we don't live in fear any longer. We live in security and confidence in Him, not in our circumstances, not what's going on in our lives, but we know that God works all things for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. We can live with that surety, with that confidence that He is working all things for our good. No matter what the circumstances are saying to us, no matter what we're going through. It's a stunning, stunning, stunning scripture. And yet for so many of us, we can read those words, we can come to the table with all our insecurities, our fears, our baggage, our history, our worldviews, our thinking that's based on the world, you know, that we know we've stuffed up, we know we're not that good, and maybe we're not worthy, we don't we think we're not worthy, we don't deserve God's love. And we ask questions right well, why would God use me? Why the heck would God use me? There's all these amazing people all around me. Why would God use me? He wants to use you. That's what I want to tell you here this morning. He wants to use you, no matter where you are right now, he's got a plan and a purpose for you. And maybe you would say, Well, Greg I don't know enough Bible for him to use me. I haven't got any great talent. I can't sing like these guys up here. I can't play music and instrument. I lose my temper all the time. I have all these doubts, all these doubts. I'm no spiritual giant. You know, I have trouble praying for a couple of minutes at a time. I've messed up big time in my past. Ever felt that way? Well, here's the thing, you're in good company because just about every character in the the Bible and every character outside the Bible that you you know about, we've all stuffed up. We've all made mistakes. We're all not worthy, really, when we think about it. We deserve we don't actually we deserve something that that God saved us from. And uh, you know, if you look at any significant character in the Bible, it's absolutely that way. It doesn't matter who you look at. All of them are flawed. All of them imperfect and yet God used them. And here this morning, I'm going to lay a, uh, a, a a biblical framework, and I want to show you some video testimonies. Now, we're connected to, uh, obviously, ACC, Australian Christian Churches, and uh, one of the uh, our great um, uh, drug and rehabilitation centers is, is uh, 180TC, which, which does a residential drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. I've got a couple of videos from there and uh, another one from a church. And, and I just want to use that because I felt like change lives change lives, and I want to give you physical examples of that this morning. They're not people from our church have that great testimony of uh, Casey this morning. That was fantastic. and uh, But I want to give you a quick overview of, of biblical context, and then, then we'll have a look at some of those videos. I want to look at Gideon to start with. And I just want to make sure... You, you're hearing me change lives, change lives. It's not the f- whole story, is it? It's a pretty simplified version, but we'll but look at that. And Gideon's from the Old Testament, Book of Judges. He's hiding when we, we, we get introduced to him from the Midianites, which are the enemy. They're, they're, you know, there's a siege going on. There's a war going on. He's in a cave. He's in fear. He's trying to, trying to protect some food, some wheat. And he's at the wine press trying to grind this wheat. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says this... <laughs> The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, if you looked at him in our natural eyes, what? This guy is, is, is cowering in a cave, protecting a little bit of wheat, trying to press this, this wheat through a wine press to be able to use it. He, he's, he's, he's terrified. He, he's, he's The nation of Israel is under siege from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord comes and says, the lord is with you mighty warrior and and I don't know about you but it, it, it's just funny sometimes because it, it's just not it's just not the way it is at all in our natural eyes and and I don't know about you here this morning but maybe you need to hear this the lord is with you mighty warrior the lord is with you mighty warrior princess just just touch someone beside you and just say hey the lord is with you mighty warrior just go on, go on, loosen up a bit. It's okay. I know I've been raving on a little bit, but it's okay. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's good. That's a bit a bit looser now. <laughs> See, a bit, a bit tense there for a bit. Okay, but what is Gideon's response to that? See, this is the angel of the Lord comes, poof, points to him and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What does Gideon do? It's, it's so funny. Well, he starts making excuses. Well, if the Lord's with us, why did this all happen? Where are all the wonders? Where's all the things? And he starts asking all these questions and going left, right, and center. Yeah, as we do, by the way, where's all the miracle of God's? They're of God. Where's all the miracles? Why did this happen? All these things you hear about other people getting healed. I never get healed. I never get those breakthroughs. I never, Those things never happen to me. I never get those blessings. How come I'm suffering? How come, what's going on there? And he does exactly what our humanity wants to do. He starts looking at the circumstances instead of the angel of the Lord, instead of God. In Judges 6, verses 14 to 15, the Lord turned to him and said, please hear this, go in the strength you have, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? (laughs) Here we go, Gideon, Gideon again. But Lord, asks Gideon, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. I am the least of the least. I'm the weakest part of the weakest tribe in Israel and I'm the least of the weakest tribe. So I'm the least of the least. I'm a sniveling nothing. That's what he's basically saying. Why would God use someone like me? A great question, and hopefully we'll answer that this morning here. My first thought here this morning, who does God most often use? God uses the insecure. God uses the insecure. You know we look at Moses and have a look at Exodus four verse 10. God's asking Moses to step up and lead the, the nation of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery. Exodus. And this is how Moses responds to the Lord. Oh, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. And I, You've spoken to your servant, and, and I'm, I'm slow of speech and tongue. I can't do it. You've got the wrong man. You're asking the wrong person here. Maybe you've made similar excuses from time to time. God wants to use you, and you come up with all the excuses in the world. I'm not an outgoing person. Too young, too old. I'm terrified of crowds. I, I, I've got no self-confidence. I, I, I'm insecure. I'm, you know, I've never done anything like this before. Good. He's asking you to step out. So it's not a confidence in ourselves and our own talents. It's a confidence in God. That's faith. That's trust. That's hope. That He's got better things for you ahead. That your best days are ahead. Yes, you've been through some tough stuff. I get it. But don't let that affect your future. Don't let it affect your now. God has got a plan and a purpose for you. Don't make excuses based on what's happened to you in the past. Don't make excuses for how insecure you feel. God's got a plan and purpose for you. As I said, I want to show you some some real testimonies here this morning. They're only short. They're only a couple of minutes. The first one is a young man from uh, Teen Challenge, TC 180. Um, which is part of our movement. This is one of the things our movement does and we contribute to that as a part of that. So let's have a look at this first video. Thanks, David.
3: You know what? At that time in my life, I just wanted it all to be over. I just wanted it all to finish. I, I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't see a way forward. I didn't see a way where I'd be free of my addiction and... I, I just didn't see, you know, that life had anything to offer me except pain and misery and, and heroin addiction. And it just became my, my everything, you know. I, I had to use heroin to survive. I didn't want my child to grow up in, in a life of addiction and a life of crime. I didn't, I didn't want my son to grow up with a dad that wasn't there, you know, and that, yeah, that was what got me to change, got me to start to change. You know, I, I was sitting there in, in church and... um you know, there was a song, "You Hold Me Now," and and you know, I sang that song, and it just I opened up my heart to God, and 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 I responded to the altar call, you know, and, and um, uh, it was it was a moment I'll never forget. It, it was amazing, you know, for the first time in my life, I felt I felt the love of God flood into that hole in my heart that I've been trying to fill for so long. My, my son doesn't obviously doesn't live with me, but. Um, I'm going to pick my son up on Friday, and I'll have him for the weekend. And, um, and I say to my son on the phone, "I'm going to come and pick you up this weekend, mate." And and he screams at his mum, "My dad's coming to get me!" And no, um, that's just that's just gold, you know. That's just gold. And so you know, I, I I just want to do the best I can for my child, and um, you know, I want to bring him up in the church and. And I just want to, I just want to do the best I can by my son, and I'm in a position to do that now. You know, I I graduate from this program in two days' time, and um, I just want to give back. You know, God has given me so much in the last eight months, and to honour that, I just want to give back, and I just want to bring him into other people's lives.
2: Change lives. Change lives. See, so here's what I want to say to you here this morning. God knew what He was doing when He made you. He made you exactly the way He wanted to. He, he's done exactly in you what He wanted. This isn't a fluke. There isn't. There's no like. There's not a, a something that that is just a chance thing. He's made you exactly the way He wanted to make you. Let's look at what Moses said, Lord said to Moses, in Exodus 4.11. Lord said to Moses, who gave man his mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I'll help you speak and I'll teach you what to say. See, I don't know what's on your heart. I don't know what your dream is. I don't know what where you're at in life. But if you're thinking about starting a business, go and start the business. Know that God is with you. If you want to start helping out in ministry, step into it. If you want to lead a life group, serve in youth or kids' ministry. Make a difference in this community. Finish your degree. Reach out to someone in Christ. Make a phone call. Send a text to someone that you think might be doing it tough. Whatever it is, God will be with you. Don't be insecure. He's with you. There's a confidence we have, we carry with us in our hearts. Get some God confidence. God uses the insecure. The second thought here this morning is God uses the unlikely. God uses the unlikely. That You know, I could easily tell you about how I ended up in ministry. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be in ministry. It's the last thing I wanted to do. In fact, I was pretty much an atheist before I got saved. So, so. But here's this quote. It's a great quote, actually. Even if you are the smartest, the funniest, the best, the most talented or even the best athlete God can still use you but he actually specializes he actually specializes he prefers to use the ordinary things of this world for his glory ordinary people ordinary things just like you and me why then he gets the glory cuz we don't, we know it's not about us we know we can't do it but in God he can he specializes in using those that others overlook. You see, God sent Samuel the prophet in David to uh, anoint the future king of Israel to the the house of jesse and This is where David the shepherd boy lived and uh, david 's older brothers were impressive young dudes they, they were tall and strong and mature and and and, and uh, I think it's Eliab was, was the oldest and, and uh, he was the biggest and, and, and tradition says the oldest gets all those sorts of roles. And, uh, and yet, listen to what happens here. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 to 7. Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He doesn't care what the outward appearances look like. He chooses the unlikely. Samuel was looking for the obvious choice. He chose Saul before. They went badly, really badly. He was the tallest and the strongest, and he chose him. God says, no, no, no. Don't look at the outward things. Look at his heart. God chooses the unlikely. Here's another video. This is a young man who, who was involved in drugs and alcohol and his life was off, off track. He didn't, wasn't in TC 180, but, but this is another church to give this testimony. Thanks. From the age
4: of uh, 17, I got involved in drugs and alcohol and um, pretty much controlled my life for the next uh, 10 years. My work and my relationships and my friendships were all in some way pretty much affected. I was at work one day and a, uh, a receptionist uh, came in and uh, she invited me to church. I was pretty much at that point of life Looking for something that was more than the drugs and the alcohol, so I, uh, I took up the offer and uh, I came along. When I first walked into the church, I just saw the youth, the people there, the excitement, the how people were there the, in the praise and the worship. People were just like passionate about being there, and it was just amazing seeing how people were so excited about coming to church and worshipping God was really affected by the message that was about salvation, and when they did the altar call, I just felt that now was my time to step up from where I'd been and where I'd been living and to make improvements in my life and to really accept God into my life. It really felt like I was lifted up. I was lifted up from the darkness and the gloom that had really consumed my life for the last 10 years or so. I can't believe God has picked me. From where I was, and from the lifestyle I was living, to put me where I am here today, He has given me um, a direction and a purpose in life, and I think it's a a miracle. And I thank God every day
2: for it. You see, God chooses the unlikely. Yeah, I don't know if you—it's hard to get our context—the context of this, but. This young man was drugging and drinking for 10 years. He, he would have been writing himself off all the time. And this receptionist <laughs> did the God thing. Didn't look at the outward appearance, but looked at the heart. This young man needs something. And she went out of her way and asked him to church. And God uses the unlikely. He'll use that young man to do amazing things. You know, God uses... The unlikely uses the insecure. God uses the broken. God uses the broken. You see, of any Jesus' disciples that thought they were ready to be used by God, Peter was the most sure of himself. So many times, um, just Peter, we read about it, it was impulsive Peter. He's stepping past his authority. When Jesus is, is explaining to the disciples how he's going to Jerusalem, how he's going to be captured, and his death, and about the third day how he rose again, Rise from that point, and, and Peter doesn't listen to any of that. He ne- he says, "Never! This will never happen to you. I, no, I won't allow it." <laughs> and Jesus responds with this, pretty harsh: "Get behind me, Satan!" He he identifies pride and and, and self um, elevation and, uh, and 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 you know self confidence in Peter. Then Jesus continues with this: "You are a stumbling block to me." You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Whoa. Do, do you live your life like that? Do you live your life with just human concerns? God wants you to lift your eyes. Lift your faith. Lift, open your hearts. And you might be thinking, well, I'm unlikely. God's never going to use me anyway. So I might as well just live the the world wants. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Self-pride, self-confidence seduce us to believe that it's all about us. It's about my talents, my leadership, what I can do. They're merely human concerns as Jesus put it. Then we read a bit further on, last hours before Jesus' arrest. Jesus explaining what the next few days will be like to Peter and the disciples. And and, and here Peter won't hear that they'll they fall away. He said, you'll you know, you'll disown me three times, Peter. And he said, "No way, I'm with you, man. I've got your back. I'll, no matter what, I'll die for you. I'll, 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 do whatever it takes. I'll never deny you." With a very, in a very short period of time, we read about Peter denying Jesus three times: once, twice, three times. And, and Luke twenty-two explains that in verses sixty and sixty-two. You know, wasn't that guy? Someone says, points out, Peter says, "Wasn't this the guy that was with Jesus?" And Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He went outside and wept but He disowned Jesus. Now, you don't mess up bigger than that as far as I'm concerned. It's such a crucial time. Denying Christ three times when he's been arrested to, to be tried and killed on the cross. And why do you think that had to happen to Peter? Why do you think that would that had to go, he had to go through that? You know, Sam Chan said in his leadership book, we only grow to the threshold of our pain. And maybe we could say it this way, how much pain we can have and deal with is how far we can grow and increase in life. And so often... We have to go through the stuff. We have to sometimes be broken. Because God uses the broken things of this world to change us and to change our world. Last last testimony, and I'm just about finished. So let's have a look at this last one. Thanks, David.
1: If there's ever a example of what mental illness does to people, I was it. You know, psychiatrists have seen me and just thought he'd be on help. I was forever being told that you need to stop, you need to stop, you need to stop, and I just thought, why? Why should I when it makes me feel good? What's the point of having a decent life? I'm enjoying myself sitting here, drunk out of my brain, and Than stone. But yeah, there was always something missing when I would get clean. When I met Jesus, my heart was way in there and it was locked up. And Jesus just like said, open it. I hadn't cried that way, I don't think ever in my life. It's not a cry of grief, you know, it's not a cry of joy, it's like, it's a cry for me. I didn't know what what was going to happen after that, but for some reason I knew I was safe. Slowly but surely in a place like this has really helped me to, to just understand that, yeah, I do need God in my life. Um, because without him, I, I don't have anything. I really don't. He's slowly just, um, he's just healing me. Every time I open up to him, he's just healing me a bit more and a bit more. And, and no medication can ever replace that belief that, you know, God's going to get you through this.
2: I've been repeating a little bit this morning, but change lives, change lives. No matter, God uses the things of this earth, the ordinary things, the the natural things. He uses our brokenness. He uses our insecurity. He uses us when we think we're unlikely. God can use it for good. And, uh, you know, mental illness and, and drug addiction, and alcohol addiction. Um, God can even change that. you know. And here this morning, like that guy said, your heart might be right in there somewhere. And God's trying to reach in and say, hey, I love you. I plan and purpose for you. It's higher than you know. It's higher than you think. Just step out. Just step out. Just step out of the things that are holding you back. Step out of fear. Step out of insecurity. Step out of that brokenness even. And know that God can use you for his purpose on this earth. Step out. You know, just to finish. Moses, when he was still arguing with God about doing that, um, God just said to him, use what's in your hand. And, and all he had in his hand was the old shepherd's staff, a staff that they'd used for shepherding for years and years and years and years. Very ordinary, very natural, nothing too amazing about that. And God says, "Use what's in your hand, Moses." And if you read through Exodus and and uh, all the miracles of the of the the Exodus period, every miracle was. The staff of Moses was central to every miracle that happened. That old, ordinary thing that he'd used for years and years and years, shepherding in the natural way, all of a sudden became something that God empowered and used in a supernatural way. And here this morning I'm saying to you, you may think you're insecure, you may think you're unlikely, you may think you're too broken for God to use. God's just saying to use what's in your hand. He's already given you what you know you've got. He's already given you something that you think is very common and natural and ordinary. And he says, I'll I'll make that do things that you can't understand right now. As we step out, as we use that thing that we've currently got in our hand, God will use you in a way that you don't understand. It's Robin and my testimony for that. You know, he uses way beyond what we understand, way beyond our natural talents and, and things that we just don't feel comfortable doing. And, and, and he keeps moving forward in that process. Change lives, change lives. Hmm. Well, hope that helped you this morning. We're going to take up our half of the house offering now, and I have got a little longer than I should have perhaps. But uh, can I have the board up here, please? Now, you can give a pledge, you can give cash, you can give a blank slip if you want, if that's what you want to do. Um, hopefully, don't get too many of those. But uh, uh, we, we just want to see what we can do in this next 12 months. And uh, Graham's been out there amazingly while we've been away, and he's, he's, he's done all the out external services and, and planted all the internal services, got them ready. Amazing job, amazing job. So we're ready to tile the floor and tile the the walls and, and get the electricians back in, put some doors and windows on the thing and, and get this thing happy. So guys, come up. I don't get these guys up here very often. So uh, uh, the bass player, he's, he's hiding up the back. Um, I just like you to see that, that the the financial and legal oversight of the church is, is covered by our advisory board. And uh, so they sign off on all the everything we do in terms of finances and, and legally and all those sorts of things, they're involved in that. And I uh, love these guys. And there's one more who couldn't be here this morning, John Morello. Um, but I, I'd like these guys to pray for the offering this morning before we take it up and uh, the, the service teams are physicians. So, so how about, all have a little prayer, hey? how about that? You can do that.
0: father we just thank you that you're not a god that is actually held held in buildings that you're not necessarily even interested in buildings but god we want to leave a legacy you're a generational god you've got plans and purposes beyond our imagination as we've heard today and we just want to build something that's going to last it's going to be for the future that yeah, that's going to glorify your name. So, Father, we thank you that you've planted us here. We thank you that um, your hand in is, everything, is in everything that we do. And we just uh, thank you for your presence. Amen. Lord, we thank you that your word says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Lord, and I thank you for your love for our hearts, for our very beings, Lord God, in this In this waiting room for eternity, Lord God, I just thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only son. Lord God, and our our treasure is not in in this time, in this place, in houses and cars and boats and businesses and relationships, Lord, but it is in eternity with you. Lord, so I just pray now that, Lord, as our heart, Lord, follows our treasure and you are our treasure. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, this time of giving lord we might give from the heart lord for your glory as you lord just impress upon us lord god that we can uh, invest for the future lord god the next generation lord where our treasure is our treasure is in you i thank you yes lord we just think that once you were in a building but you tore that curtain from top to bottom Lord, so that we can be with you. Lord, we look at our buildings and they're only a tool to use to reach the community here, Lord. Lord, they're just something that we can shelter under, Lord, and bring people into. So, Lord, I just pray right now that everyone has a heart for this house, Lord. Lord, we've been going a fair while. And, uh, Lord, we've still got a long, long way to go. So, Lord, just be with us, I pray. Give each and every one the love in our heart that we need for this house, Lord. And Lord, that we can uh, continue Your work here in Port Stevens. in Jesus' name.
2: I'll see if Kevin's smart enough to play bass and pray at the same time.
5: <laughs> Father God, we just thank You so much, Lord, for this place. Lord Jesus, um, Lord, it's it's not an investment in this world, Lord God. It's an investment in Your heavenly riches. And I know You you know You don't really need what we have, but God, it's It's an investment that uh, our hearts, Lord God, just go with, Lord God, you you know, where you put your time, where you put your energy, Lord, is where your heart is, God, and and we just want to invest our hearts in this place, Lord God, we want to see this grow, this prosper, we want to see this place, Lord, just flourish in this community, be a light in this region, Lord God, and I just pray, not just as a building, Lord Jesus, but uh, as we just uh, sow in, as we sow our time, our energy in the form of, you know, finances in the form of our time in other things, Lord God. I just pray, Jesus, that you would bless it, Lord God. I know that you said that, uh, you know, it would not uh, return to us void, Lord God. And I just pray that there would just be so much multiplication and abundance, Lord, of this, of what people give here today, what they've determined in their hearts, Lord, is just right for them. I just pray, Lord, it would just totally grow in this place, God, that we would see your abundance flow, not just in buildings and physical things, Lord God, but it would flow into... Lord, the hearts and lives of people, and into those that can be touched, Lord, that can be uh, just lives that we saw on the on the screen, Lord, that were broken, Lord, that can be just mended and healed, Lord Jesus, even for things that you know maybe aren't drugs and alcohol, but just broken relationships, broken uh, businesses, Lord God, just hopelessness, Lord, where there, and I know that you bring hope, and I just thank you, Father, through this giving, Lord God, that we are just investing lord with our hearts into this place and into this community in your name we pray amen come on let's lift it up this morning
2: thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylor church we hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your christian walk please tune in again for next week's message